Welcome to It's Just Historical, a podcast dedicated to reading, writing, and publishing historical fiction. I'm your host, Suzanne Dunlap, author of Historical Fiction for Adults and Teens. This podcast is brought to you by my passion for the art and craft of writing fiction and my delight in talking to authors I admire about books I love. I'm here with my friend Linda Cardillo, who's been on this podcast before as an author, but she is a multi-talented woman, and she also happens to be the co-founder of Bellastoria Press, which is a hybrid press, which has carved out a little niche for itself in uh, publishing historical fiction. Linda, how about telling us a little bit about how you came to be a publisher, first of all? Sure. My co-founder and he and I were at a Romance Writers of America conference several years ago and sitting on the floor in our room, drinking a bottle of wine and going over what we'd been learning at the conference and what we'd been seeing and hearing from other authors and recognizing that the market seemed to be drying up for those of us who published multiple books in the romance genre and the our publisher harlequin seemed to be looking for something else other than what we were writing and we thought there's we thought there was certainly still a market for the kinds of books that we were writing and that we definitely learned a lot and had published 10 books with harlequin and i had done four we've been very well trained by a senior editor who we had shared at harlequin and we thought we're pretty smart women. We probably could figure this out and perhaps uh, start a small press because we were hearing from other authors like ourselves who had a good start in publishing, but were finding that the authors were drying up for subsequent books. So we put together a business plan, ran it by, there's a small business council here in Massachusetts, where I live, that's associated with the University of Massachusetts, and it was actually run by a friend of mine. I met with her, she reviewed the business plan, gave us some suggestions, and off we went. We wound up in the beginning, because of contacts that Anne had with, each of us were in creative groups, Anne is in Virginia, and she had come into contact with a number of writer illustrators who were produced who were writing children's illustrated books and so we started with those in addition to some of our own novels and reaching out to some of the former harlequin writers that we had known personally and we started out with just a handful of books and began to learn the business, all the aspects of it in terms of print and ebook production. We do both. And over time, as we were writing in different genres, Anne is now writing in magical realism, and I, at the urging of my agent, began to dip my toe into writing historical fiction. We came into contact with other authors and in particular came in, I came into contact with you at Writers in Progress where we shared similar histories and we we published 
the, we've started to publish your trilogy, uh, your medieval trilogy. We've gotten the first two books and we're looking forward to the third. But also through you met Anne Easter Smith, who had written the fifth of her Wars of the Roses books and was looking for a publisher and we wound up publishing that, this son of York. And I also attended the Historical Novelist Conference in June of 2019 and met a number of other writers of historical fiction. And those contacts have blossomed into being approached by other writers of historical fiction. And we've gotten, in, in addition to those contacts that I made at the conference, two more new debut authors who've also written historical fiction. So we're now doing anything from the Punic Wars to Victorian England to medieval England and medieval France and the Italian Renaissance. And so yes, we have suddenly developed this niche for publishing historical fiction and really loving it. Also developing a group of editors and proofreaders and cover designers who are familiar with the genre. And so we're beginning to gain, really gain a, a reputation and a name as a publisher of historical fiction. Yeah, I think you do a great job, first of all. Thank you. But second of all, what's really interesting to me is how the situation of the market of historical fiction contributed to making someone like you really important because it's very hard to get anything pretty much other than World War II fiction right now published by a mainstream publisher. Occasionally you see them if somebody's been a really big seller before, like a Lauren Willig or somebody like that, you'll see they'll have a new book out and it's not World War II. But those of us who write in different periods and actually don't really like to write about wartime all that much, we're left out in the cold. And for instance, Anne Easter Smith, she has a readership, you know, and her fifth, everybody wanted her fifth book. And then come forthcoming is Pat Bracewell, Patricia Bracewell, whose Emma of Normandy trilogy was so popular and did so well. And then suddenly her publisher didn't want the end of the trilogy. So yay, you stepped in, <laughs> got it, which is terrific. Yeah, and so, it's, wonder, it's a wonderful book, as is Anne Easter Smith. And that's, it is thrilling to me to be working with writers of this caliber, who also not only have a following, but certainly, but really understand the business and are, are just so eager to be participating and working with us. And that's one of the things that we really try to offer our authors is a real partnership, particularly when we get to the marketing end of things. But we're also very, we engage our authors very early and ask for their input in terms of cover design and the layouts of books and things like that, which as I'm sure you probably experienced in your early days with a major mainstream publisher, we didn't get very much say over what the cover or even the title of a book was back in the day. And I, I think that we, Bella Storia respects 
the knowledge and experience of the authors that we're working with and really it's a real dialogue in producing the book. I know, yes. And I know that a lot of authors who have been published by mainstream press and are either wanting to do something different or whatever have realized that once they have that the readership or the ability under their belt, having more control is a good thing. And the hardest part, though, when you're not published by one of those guys is getting anyone's attention. And that's maybe always going to be a problem. But there have been some very successful authors who are self and hybrid published. So what do you see as the biggest challenge in your publishing model? Definitely visibility, that making sure that the books we publish are getting noticed. And that's it's a huge hurdle, as you know, as well. We're doing our best to educate ourselves and then educate our authors on you know, sort of best practices and where to put most of their energy. And we understand, and we, because we are writers ourselves, that the balance one has to achieve between actually writing the book and then marketing the book and doing those things that are going to give the book visibility. And we are doing our best to try to raise the visibility of Bellastoria and then bring along our authors as well. One of the things that we did, and as I, as I mentioned, we had started out in our early years publishing children's illustrated books. And two weeks ago, it was National Children's Book Week. And so we got as many of our children's book authors as possible to, to video themselves reading their books. And we put those out and we have a YouTube channel and we've been promoting those as a way of gaining some visibility for books. And, and given how successful and also how excited our authors were to do that, I'm thinking that it certainly would be an interesting thing to do with our, with our other authors as well. That I think that those are effective ways of, of spreading the word and that they can then those are things that can be shared with their readership and then hopefully shared on. But it's it is the biggest challenge that we face as as publishers. The things that are under our control, we've you know, gained some expertise in terms of book design and and working with our printers and working with our ebook distributors, but the visibility piece is it's definitely uh, something that we are continuing to look for better ways to do. Well, it's also something you share with small traditional publishers. They have just as much trouble getting their authors in their books noticed as a hybrid publisher does. And distribution, of course, is another thing, although it's ironic at the moment with bookstores not being something that people can really go in and browse, not having your book on a bookstore shelf is not the disadvantage it was previously. <laughs> One of the things that we, that we have been doing, though, is reaching out where we do actually have relationships with bookstores because we see it as mutually beneficial for us to promote a local bookstore as well. We recognize that it's very difficult for these independent bookstores to carry lots of books on their shelves, but we can certainly direct our readers to bookstores. We have links 
and those bookstores are very happy to fulfill those orders for Bella Storia books, but it also gives them some visibility through our website and through our events when we when we do, we've been doing lots of Zoom presentations and we try to promote the bookstores as well. Yeah, it's it's a win-win for sure. And it's like the Davids all getting together against the Goliaths. Yes. <laughs> but and it's so much in the spirit of innovation and just using creative thinking to solve a problem. And it's really what's interesting to me is that I don't think hybrid publishing or even self-publishing has the sort of taint that it once had either. And I think that's partly to do with the fact that the books are very professionally produced and designed and everything, and the quality is high. And you don't just take everybody who comes to your door, do you? No, we are definitely a selective press, and we do review a manuscript before we're willing to offer a contract to a writer. We are... We have just recently set up a new imprint, Dreamlist, which is mainly for people who are writing memoirs for their family, a small, small distribution where it's a very personal kind of book where they get a small package, they basically get a small package to have the book copy edited, proofread, and usually it's just a print edition. And that's a, a totally separate imprint called Dreamlist. But the Bella Storia Press books themselves, we're selective. We are, we've certainly rejected books. We're not just taking everybody. Because we really want to develop an, a reputation for quality uh, in the content of our books as well as the way they look. And that's important to us. But I agree. I think that there's been a, a huge sea change in how hybrid and independent presses are perceived, particularly because... The, with the consolidation of the major publishing houses that where the, the and the corporatization of them where there really is such a focus on the numbers and on sales and, and on what the quote hot topic is, as you say, World War II, which seems to be going st- still going strong, yeah. <laughs> remarkably. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the opportunities for really fine writers is has just narrowed so significantly in the last 10 to 15 years. And there is so much good work that could be could gain a readership. And, and that's part of what we see, I think, as our mission at Bella Storia, uh, is that there are wonderful writers out there who need an audience. And we're trying to, in our small way to give them. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is getting published by one of the big five is no guarantee that you'll actually get the support of the big five. (laughs) They choose their their anointed books. And believe me, I have friends who have books on those and and I'm so pleased for them. They get big sales, they can sustain a career. It's awesome. And I totally am not, I'm envious, but I'm not sorry that that happens for them. But Unless you happen to be one of those anointeds, you don't get a lot. They send out arcs, you maybe get some trade reviews or whatever, but it's really up to you as the author to do stuff and get yourself out there. 
And it's maybe you have a slight advantage if you've been published by Macmillan and you're going out and trying to get appearances and stuff, but probably you'd, you'd have to hire a publicist anyway. So the difference between, yeah, there's a big difference between a huge runaway bestseller and something published by a hybrid press, but there's not all that much difference between something, one of their sort of downlist books that they don't give a lot of support to and what you do. And in fact, there are ways in which there you have the upper hand there because you're focusing on those books. You're doing everything you can do to get them into readers' hands. Yeah. And that's, I, we, our list each year is very manageable so that we can give our authors really undivided attention. And we've added a partner on the Nesquik whose main role has been, in addition to, she's our audiobook guru, which is an area that we're now just beginning to, to go into. We're, we produced one earlier in the year, and the second one is, about, is almost finished in terms of production. And, and we are planning to do audiobooks for several of the books that we've come, got coming out in 2021. And but Vana's other role is basically she just spends hours with authors, helping them develop a marketing plan, keeping them on task, sending out arcs, compiling the reviews as they come in. So everything's ready to go. when when the time comes for, for those reviews to get out there, she's that. And, and part of what we are offering at Bella Storia is a very personalized experience with our authors because there are three of us and we generally were doing maybe six to eight books a year. You get a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's, I'm, I'm communicating with my authors seven days a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's the, most surprising thing you've learned in the course of doing this publishing gig? That there's always something else to learn that, and I really try to make time to stay on top of things that are happening in the industry, trends, new ideas for particularly getting the books marketed. Jane Friedman is a real favorite of mine. And I just did it. I watched a seminar. You, you and I did, you were, and I were both there. And, yes. and I, I've picked up the book that she recommended, Show Your Work. And I'm really sort of trying to learn from it so that I can then pass it on to my authors and say, here are some ideas. Let's give, see what you are comfortable doing and let's give it a try and see if something yeah. like this might work for you. And, but the industry changes so quickly that it's, I really have to make sure that I am making time. And all three of us are doing that. And so we have chosen sort of different paths that we are gathering information so that we can share with our authors and help make things better. But that's it. Yeah. That there's always something new to learn is what I've learned. That's yeah. the, most, the most important thing. Yeah. I'm with you with Jane Friedman. She's an amazingly smart, savvy person and very generous too. I mean, her seminars or whatever, like $25. (laughs) And and always worthwhile. And I will definitely put a link to her site in the show notes for this, as well as Bella Storia, of course. What kind of what kind of advice would you give to someone who wanted to submit their manuscript to you? I would say the first thing would be to go to 
our website, there are manuscript guidelines to make sure that the material that you send to us uh, at, you know, initially makes that first pass that we can say, okay, this is somebody who pays attention and knows what we're looking for, just even in terms of format. But to also look at the book, look at our catalog, see the kinds of books that we are publishing and make sure that what you're writing um, is a good fit for us. And also recognize that a hybrid press means that the author is also investing financially in the production of the book and to be prepared and not be surprised. That's, that's part of the model. And it's how we've been able to sustain ourselves because initially we were not a hybrid press and financially it, it simply was not a, a business model we could sustain. And because the other thing that writers need to understand, new writers need to understand is the very small amount of money that comes per book in terms of royalties, that there is the cost of producing and distributing books right now takes a huge chunk out of that, that retail list price. And what the author winds up with is, is not, they have to recognize it's not going to be a lot of money unless you sell lots and lots of books. And what we try to be very clear with our authors is to help them understand the financial model and also what, what they can expect. Yeah. to earn from, from publishing a book. And I also think it's a question of priorities too. It's like, why do you want your book out in the world? If you want to go and make lots of money, that's not really the best reason to publish a book because <laughs> even if you're published by, a, by a, one of the big five, you're not going to make a whole lot of money, generally speaking. Yeah. The advantage there is that they will give you an advance. So you actually do get some money. But in any case, at least for me, and I think probably for a lot of your authors, it's that, okay, we have a history, we've written lots of things, we know that we can, that we have readers who want to read what we've written, and we just want to get it out there and into their hands. Yeah. And it's not a living for me, certainly, but I am so glad that I made the decision to both hybrid and self-publish some books recently, because I had vanished. <laughs> My previous book before we started working together was 2012. <laughs> and I was in a very similar situation, Suzanne. Yeah. And, and I, when I look back now at the six books that I've published through Bell Astoria, those books, if I had held out and, and tried to sell those to a big five, I, I don't even know if one of them would have made, would have been picked up. And as a result, I've expanded my readership. I have people who are waiting for my next book. And I think that's a, a situation that many of us find ourselves in, that we really just want our readers to have our books to read. And I always remind myself of something that I read that from Toni Morrison. It's a very well-known quote, which is, don't quit your day job. You yes. Know, be a writer, don't quit your day job. And, and so I think that it's a passion to want to want that, those words to be read. It's a passion that really, you know, sustains us, and that we just look for ways to do that. Um, that are we're fortunate that it's not 25 years ago when the only the only resources available to us were the major publishers, and 
the the limitations that placed on us. And now there is there is opportunity for our words to be read. And I think that's really important. Here, here. <laughs> I do too. And and as a writer, if you're a writer who doesn't want to just get your one book out that that you have that you think oh, I just want to write a book for whatever reason and there's lots of valid reasons to want to do that but if you're a writer like you are and I am and Pat and everyone and are sorry <laughs> in names really it's more than that it's you want to keep writing and you want to keep telling those stories because they matter they really matter and, and I'm so, I'm absolutely thrilled to have the third volume of my trilogy will come out next year. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it was a little harder to get done than I thought it was for all sorts of reasons. One is that I've never written a trilogy before. But the point is that would never have happened with traditional publishers. Way back when I first wrote it, first wrote the first part of it, like 15 years ago, my publisher then found it, thought it was too obscure that nobody would buy it. So I knew that it wouldn't matter. It would never get out in the world unless I decided to do it a different way. And I think it's given some pleasure to some readers, which is always a good thing. You know? yeah. So I, mean, I, I think all we have to do is look at how people respond to our work and the feedback that we get to know that our stories do matter. And people are enjoying them. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway, I'm grateful. And it's, I, I would encourage people to, of course, I think always the first thing, especially if you've never been published before, go for the big guns. If yeah. Go and query, oh. go and try and get yourself out there because that's going to be the best way to get some credibility, to get the trade reviews, et cetera. Don't beat your head against a brick wall if it doesn't happen and you've got something that you think is good and that could really be out there and people would like to read. You have other, you have other options. You do. And uh, hybrid presses like Bella Storia is certainly one. And there are others around the country. And there's always the big She Writes Press. But that's a little on the pricey side for most people. But they do a beautiful job. <laughs> So again, it's all about your priorities, about what yeah. you want to get out of it. Yeah. Linda, thank you so much for coming on. This was a, a really good conversation and I'm looking forward to interacting with you more and more. <laughs> we all, we are friends as well as colleagues. So yeah. And Linda and I live near each other, but of course we haven't been able to actually physically be in the same place for a long time. And I am looking forward to that changing. But, yes, yeah. me too. Yeah. 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 All right. So thank you again. And thank you. Thank you. We will talk again. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. You too. You've been listening to It's Just Historical, hosted by Suzanne Dunlap. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google. Visit the podcast website at itsjusthistorical.com and find out more about me and my books at suzanne-dunlap.com. That's Suzanne with an S and Dunlap with an A. Until next time.